Jeez Louise, Hank. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, okay. So that was so hello. um hello. Hi, Angel. I guess we should start doing intro. We should actually like record an official intro and just crop it into the start of all of these cool episodes. I don't know. Um <laughs> we haven't yeah. gotten that far yet. But so I wanted to start today off because I got a message this morning from somebody who bought the $7 course and they said, Hey, Catherine, I bought the $7 course. Um, I don't have an audience. So does your course still pertain to me? And I think it's really funny because I'm actually, I know that we've done a lot of talking about audience. Um, I don't think I've actually touched on the fact that everybody has an audience yet. And I'm actually in the middle of writing a book called Don't Say Sponsorship. You can pre-order it now at don'tsaysponsorship.com uh, or you can buy it if pre-orders are done. You can buy it at don'tsaysponsorship.com. But the thing about it is it's called the two types of audiences because everybody has an audience. You just might not own your audience yet. You might be borrowing somebody else's audience. So there are, okay. there are two types of audiences. Audiences that you borrow and audiences that you own. And I learned this. Here's a really great story that I think is really important to tell. Um, when I was road racing, I initially started by corner working. So I was I was part of the rescue and recovery team, communications and flagging. So I did a lot of like crash recovery for the racers. Mm -hmm. And when I was working those, the like working at the racetrack, there's a very specific type of person that works at the racetrack. Um, I was about 15 at the time, and they had the most horrendous, crude sense of humor. And I don't knock any mm -hmm. of them because they were all really great people, but the the way they talked and the humor they used, reflecting on it was atrocious. Um, and I didn't know that at the time. So then when I left corner working and started racing. I brought that language with me because that's what a lot of the guys, air quotes, used in the paddock. But it's still a different type of person in the paddock. Um, mm -hmm. And so having that crude language, it attracted more crude people like that. Like it was a very, very distinct crowd that was attached to those terrible like Ted Baby jokes and, and like weird racism jokes. They were all terrible. They weren't jokes. Um it was bad. <laughs> I, and yeah. at the time, I didn't know any better. You know, I was just like, oh, that's how all of these people at the racetrack talk, because that's all I yeah. knew. Um, and the second I left road race, you know, the more I was in road racing, the more I realized, like, I didn't like the people I was hanging out with. I didn't like the type mm -hmm. of people they were. I didn't like that I was constantly, like, the punchline of somebody's sexist joke or, or like, the weird source of attention, because I was the only girl. Like, there was such a a weird coalescence of people surrounding that, that um, when I was on social media, they were also the only people on my social media. And the second I left road racing, because all up until that point, all of my sponsorship, all of my social media, everything had been like race results, road racing, practice days, showing up at the track, like sponsor shout outs and all of this stuff. <clears throat> and my whole identity was tied to road racing. And when I like did my sponsorship pitches, I was 
I talked about how I had such an extensive network with not only the racers, but the teams and the corner workers as well, because I was so involved in that whole community. But the second I left road racing to go ride dirt bikes, none of them followed me. Like I got a ton of unfollows and I myself wanted to to just like get a clean slate. So I wanted to yeah. to take on a whole different persona at that time. But the the thing to note is the second I left road racing, I lost my entire audience. I couldn't pan that anymore. But now yeah. now that I'm in the the dirt biking world, like I gave up the idea of being a professional road racer and and like getting sponsored and all that jazz and I just started mm-hmm. riding for me. And my whole social media actually came about um, the journey of of a really well-established road racer who can't make it a single mile on a dirt bike, you know, and it became like the the journey of like trying to figure out why why I could win championships on a dirt on a road bike, but I couldn't on a dirt bike like make it a mile. It was ridiculous. And then I started gearing my Instagram towards you, actually, Angel, mm-hmm. like after riding with you and and I was like, what are some things that I could post up that would be helpful for Angel? And I started building it more mm-hmm. so about the journey and the process and mm-hmm. and good information that I thought you might find helpful. And we've talked about this, how you were my audience avatar. And by doing that, it found more people like you yeah. and kind of grew the audience that way. However, the this whole podcast, one of the challenges we talked about, about how me getting sponsorships is... I just left Minnesota and now I'm in California. So I mm-hmm. lost my Minnesota audience. Yep. Except I yep. didn't. Yeah. I didn't lose my Minnesota audience like I did when I moved from road racing. Now, yeah. now the Minnesota people and the Colorado people and the Tennessee people and the North Carolina people either A, want me and are willing to pay me to come out there to see them. Or B, they're trying to figure out how to come see me in California. Yeah. I didn't lose those people. Those people are mine now. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what discipline I run. Those people are now my audience. And it's a really important distinction to make is that if you don't have your own audience, that means you're borrowing somebody else's audience. Mm -hmm. So... While it's really important to own your own audience, it is. I'm not saying, like, go out and buy people. Like, don't do that. I'm not talking about slavery or any of that stuff. Um, I'm, oh, I strictly mean, God. like, <laughs> like if you are running an organization, a series, um, if you have a social media, you are yes. borrowing an audience. And And I include social media in there because Facebook can shut you down in an instant. Instagram can shut you down in an instant. YouTube can shut you down. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. You can immediately lose every single person on that platform because you are borrowing space. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So yeah. So when people say like, I don't have an audience, that's why I say you don't need social media to have an audience. You are borrowing an audience from somewhere. If you yeah. literally are a lone wolf and you don't have any people, first of all, you should probably work on that. Um, second of all, look up media kits for the series yeah. that you're in because they will have demographics. They'll have um, really important information about the type of people and the type of numbers they see. And then you can piggyback off of that. Yeah. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about something very similar. And I'm really glad that you said this because I said it and then I was like in my own head because this person had no idea what I was talking about. In my own head, I was like, actually, I wonder if that's actually right to think about it like that. I'm pretty sure it is. So I'm glad that you said that because you just completely validated what I was thinking. But basically, I was talking about when I used to stream video games, right? Like I used to play video games and stream them online. And how like a lot of those people stopped following me when I went to a different platform. I went from streaming on that platform to just doing Instagram stuff. And a lot of them were just like, I only want to be on this platform. I don't want to do that. And so I lost a lot of people. But now I still have some of those people who followed me from that original platform to Instagram and now are also on Facebook and they follow me on all of that and they follow my dirt bike stuff now. And I don't even, I don't remember the last time that I actually really streamed like hardcore. Um, I did a stream like a few months ago, but it wasn't like it used to be. But those people followed me, like you said, it, you moved and they followed you. So I'm really glad you said that because I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was right. <laughs> of course. And so so then the age old question is like, well, Catherine, if geez, hey, stop freaking out. Just lay down. If if social media is just a borrowed audience, then then how can I make sure that the the audiences that I own, the people who want to follow me everywhere, how can they still stay in contact with me? Angel, do you know the answer to that question? It's a trick question. We haven't talked about it yet, but. I do not. The answer is email lists. Ooh, okay. Email lists because you can lose your email provider. You absolutely can, just like any other social yeah. media platform. However, mm -hmm. you can't lose the contact once you have it as long as you continue to export your contact list. So then you forever get to keep everybody who said, hey, I want to hear from you. And mm -hmm. um, people kind of freak out about that. They think it's weird. They think it's gross. Like, I don't want everybody subscribe to a million different fucking email lists. Like, I don't want yet another spammy email in there. But think about it. Yeah. If these people are willing to give you their email because they want to hear from you so bad, then yeah. when you have a merch release, when you write a book, when you have a huge race event coming up that's completely out of the norm, like you're doing an international race or you've been challenged to do TKO, those are the first people that are chomping at the bit to help you because they yeah. are the ones that have proved the most loyalty to you. They are the ones that are like, yes, tell me everything. I want to keep tabs on this. I'm not saying don't write daily emails like I do because I write daily emails on the sponsorship side of things. Um, I yeah. don't on the clinic side of things because I know that those clinic people – I, they don't, they're just there to learn. So all I email them yeah. about is the schedule, new locations and, um, like sales and, um, and online course stuff. That's the only times I email those people. Otherwise I don't email them all. And that's, yeah. that's fine. But the sponsorship people, they come to me because they want to learn. So yeah. I have a vast array of things that I email them all the time it's awesome it's just like a quick two-minute email i think my little slogan is like daily breakthroughs in just two minutes a day from 
sponsorship seekers just like you and people who receive your things, whatever. Like, that's what my email newsletter is about. And people are like, yeah, tell me more. Um, but as far as racing endeavors go, I mean, like, write a monthly newsletter, just like a, a recap of the month, even in the off season. I used to do that. I used to have like, a, we just recently acquired a new bike. Like, check it out. If you know anybody who wants to like, and then do a competition or a giveaway or something for like $10, like enter a drawing to have your name put on the bike or be in charge of the design, something. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> like yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. I mean, just look at Courtney. So Courtney is doing dirty. I was supposed to put up the group coaching sessions and I haven't put them up yet. And I feel really bad about that, but, um, we just had a meeting with Courtney. So Angel, anybody who's like, yeah, Courtney's the bomb diggity. Like, I want to follow Courtney. Do you think with how outspoken Courtney is about women in motorsports and like growing the women's division in not just Minnesota, but like across the country for Enduro and Hair Scramble, do you think that those people would want to be the first people to hear about Courtney's new project with the Mentor Mentee Project? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, if you guys haven't listened to it yet, when I upload this, I am uploading the group coaching session. So if you haven't listened to it yet, you should listen to the bonus episode that's like Courtney has a breakthrough or or something like that. Like Courtney gains perspective. I don't know what I'm going to name it yet, but um, she's doing this huge project. It's really awesome. It's really epic. I'm really excited yeah. to see it. Courtney is yeah. one of my sponsorship secret mastermind students, and she's doing some really cool stuff. So Yeah, she is. <clears throat> um yeah that's my really quick rant so then so then yeah okay that's that's where i'm gonna leave that for right now <laughs> if you guys want more information on the two different types of audiences that you have you can read about it in the book or get the course for the membership which you get their first 30 or 14 days i haven't decided yet the first 14 or 30 days for free when you order the book so that gets you free access to all of the courses and such which is pretty cool yeah. awesome. um angel do you have any questions on two types of audiences i do not okay no. like i said this... it makes it makes a lot of sense to me because like, i've already gone th through something previous so like that that was similar to that so it really clicked in my head. Like as soon as you started saying that, I was like, ah, okay, that is what I thought. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you, since we started talking about this stuff, my whole like interaction with everything in life has changed. Like everything goes back to like sponsorships and audience avatars and stuff like that. And I'm like, normal people don't think like this. <laughs> it's so hard. Like once you're exposed to it, and this is the thing. So I've spent so much money on on coaching in marketing so this is i yeah. just had a conversation with mrs harris ashley harris from mx shred um she's a really cool like just down to earth person who works in injury prevention and motorsport athletes and just like fitness and all that jazz really cool you should check her out not sponsored just think she's a really awesome person and she had me like tell her my story about how I came across this. And, and the big thing I said was it actually came by coincidence because I had given up on sponsorship and it wasn't until I started mm -hmm. the clinics that mm -hmm. when I got a business coach, I started seeing the parallels. Like it was, it was such a vexing thing because we were talking about business to person. So then I started understanding what the business person 
is looking at when somebody comes to them for a sponsorship and it's like the different weird connections that happen so like sponsorship is a two-step process it's not just motorsports yeah. marketing it's not it's mm -hmm. first of all you have to understand business to consumer marketing and then you have yeah. to understand business to business to consumer marketing because yep you are the bridge between the two. Like your job is to connect a business to a market. Your job mm -hmm. is not to sell things. It's to build that connection, which is so yeah. hard to explain. You're like the guide. Lauren loves to use the example, like you're Gandalf to Frodo. You know, you're, you're like helping them along. You are not the hero of the story. You aid the hero in making it to the end goal. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I love the nerd reference. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like your your Ron Weasley to to Harry Potter. You know, you're the support, you're the backbone, but you don't get the spotlight. Like you don't. Let's see how many nerd references we can put in one sponsorship podcast. <laughs> um, I can't think of very many more. You're the Doc Doc to Lightning McQueen. <laughs> okay all right i like it <laughs> um, um that's, that's all i got you're the eels to ursula i don't <laughs> oh my goodness all right we're going too far what the hyenas to scar oh now i'm on a roll now oh, i'm on a geez. roll oh, man. <laughs> you're the zazu to simba <laughs> Oh, what have I done? <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Um, yeah, so that's it. Two types of audiences. Audiences that you own and audiences that you borrow. And um, there are ways to use that for both your, your numbers when you present to a sponsor mm -hmm. and for your own ability to grow your program. So it, there's two sides to that whole lesson. Do with that what you will. If you want more information on that, you gotta, it probably won't be in the book, actually. It'll be in the course. It won't be in the book because the book just explains this concept in a lot more detail. Um, yeah. Because there's a secondary book that I'm writing. It's probably going to be called like Audience Secrets or some such. And that one's all 100% just going to be about growing your fan base and mm -hmm. growing your numbers for sponsors because people are like oh my sponsorship needs or my social media isn't big enough for sponsors and it's like such a stupid excuse but i'll give you a book about it anyway so that you can have the shortcut <laughs> to get there i'm not writing that okay. book yet um so by getting the don't say sponsorship book you'll get the link to pre-order the audience secrets book um by getting in the membership site though off of the don't say sponsorship secrets don't say sponsorship book i'm lost in my own spider web when you get the Don't Say Sponsorship <laughs> book, you'll get the option to join the membership site. The membership site explains the Don't Say Sponsorship book, but once you do that six-week course, the next six-week course is the Audience Secrets book, all about growing your fan base and stuff. So the membership site okay. will give you that information. <laughs> all right. It made total sense. It really didn't, but it made perfect sense. Um, get the course. Just get the course www.dontsaysponsorship.com to get the book that's to get the book and access to the membership site so there you go cool.
And so begins the era of shorter podcast episodes, but more frequent podcast episodes. (laughs) All right. Um, on to the next episode. Wait, dad joke. Oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. Um, okay. Well, we're, well, we're on the spirit of, of owned and borrowed audiences. What's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? Ooh. Um, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, I don't know. Live stream. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'll see you on the next episode. (laughs) Oh, yikes. (laughs) Oh, that hurt. That one hurt.